part of that scheduling part is figuring out your prime time and the prime time that you know you work the best. And just by doing that, that brings so much momentum and, oh man, I got that thing done, I got this thing done. And it brings momentum in doing other things throughout the day, really has saved me energy for myself and doing those things. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Have you ever said to yourself, if only I had more hours in the day, then I could accomplish this, whatever this is. I hear this all the time. And I used to say the exact same thing, except for I realized at one point, and it's been a while back, that my problem wasn't time. It was that I didn't have enough energy to be able to fully use the time that I had, which was totally backwards from the way that I'd been thinking about in the past. My problem was my energy levels and being able to more effectively use what was already there. Now, when this clicked, I realized that I needed to biohack my body and multiply my daily energy and brain functionality. Where do I need the most energy kinds of today? And where do I need to show up as fill up the most and be the most productive? So protecting my morning and nightly routines, but also taking that big picture of the day and time blocking my time by hour or 30 minutes every single day to really schedule it out and, and be the best person that day. That's Philip, by the way, our director of student success at Happen to Your Career. Philip and I are what you might call a couple of energy nerds. We love digging into the research that improves our focus and allows us to break through mental barriers. And on today's episode, Philip and I are talking about five specific ways, five specific areas that you can dramatically increase your energy, which will allow you to accomplish more every single day. This is going to help your career tremendously. By the way, along the way, uh, I mentioned more than a few of my strange habits that have resulted in my personal version of success. So my hope is that you can hear a few new ideas or feel compelled to test out uh, some of our strategies, at least one, pick one to be able to, to put into a- in action here. And when you do, I can't wait to hear how your journey to career happiness gets accelerated. Without further ado, here we go. My conversation with Philip. Glad to be back, Scott, and ready to talk about energy. This is one of the things that comes up again and again, and it hides itself under other areas. Uh, you know, I, I know that one of the things that you and I were just talking about earlier this morning or yesterday is a lot of people ask about, oh my goodness, I don't feel like I have the, the time sometimes to make a career change or to accomplish whatever ambitious goal that they're going after. And sometimes hidden underneath that, it's really a question of, I'm either not making the ye- most use of my time for my priorities, or maybe more importantly, I don't have the energy to be able to do all of these things. So something's going to have to be cut out of the loop. Is that, is that fair to say? Is that what you experience? Oh, very fair to say. And I think people think at the end of the day, they'll find this energy emotion after they've got off a hard day of work or that hour long commute of traffic. And they just find it's, it's not there. So making sure that you have enough energy at the beginning of the day and really having that momentum going in through the rest of it and protecting that time too. And I'm sure you'll be getting to those types of stuff, but I'd say that is exactly what I found, Scott. So I know we're going to go through these five different areas, but before we even do that, I have found that sometimes it's very helpful to ask a few questions up front as you are going through trying to figure this out for yourself. And I've made a lot of career changes in the past, and honestly, every single one of them really were their own individual challenge as it related to having enough mental bandwidth and having enough energy to be able to do whatever it was at the time. So uh, the questions that I found work really, really well to figure out your own path for energy is, well, let me give you a couple of them. And then Philip, you can, you can tell me what questions you utilize too. But number one that I've used in the past is what is taking away energy from you right now? And how can you remove that or how can you proact against that? And by the way, we're going to talk about a few few ways to do that, a few common 
ways that uh, that come up that you can do exactly that. And then number two is what do you find gives you energy that when you do it, it is helpful for everything else that you might be trying to do as well. What else have you found valuable when, I don't know, whether you're learning something new or taking on a, you know, a new area of life or you know, when you've made career changes in the past, what else have you found valuable as you're trying to figure out what's going to set you up for success? Yeah, I think one of the things I've found really helpful, especially when I'm making big changes in my life, come down to a couple of things, which are what people in my life are giving me energy or taking away from my energy. But you know, if I'm surrounding myself with a bunch of people who are like, oh, you can't, you can't make that career change. That it's just easier to stay in the job that you're at right now because it, it has that really good pay and it does all these things. So people is a huge one for me. Environment is another one for me. I know when I'm really productive, I've got my counter cleaned, I've got like all my space set up. But if I if I'm in a space where, <laughs> frankly, when it's not very clean, I can I can sometimes be a neat freak. That just takes away my energy and becomes a distraction for me. And I think the last part is is giving myself that time. If I've scheduled something that I know is something super important to me, that I will dedicate that hour and schedule that time for myself to go, all right, for that hour, it's going to be a power hour. And I know from noon to 1 p.m., I'm going to be focusing on that thing. So those are really the things when I'm thinking about needing to have energy and asking myself, Am I setting myself up for success and making sure that whatever task I'm doing, I'm like ready to go? Cool. That's a really, really, really good precursor to some of the things that we're going to get into. Absolutely love that. So let's go into these five different areas and see if we can build out some very simple things that you can do if you're listening to this right now. And this episode is not intended to be a, you go through and implement step one, implement step two, implement step three, not at all. Instead, what I would suggest is listen as Philip and I are discussing these particular areas in some of the some of the tools and choose which ones are going to work best for you. And we found that implementing the things that are going to work for you is going to be way the heck better than trying to do something perfectly that really isn't going to fit into your life or is less likely to be successful. So category number one is save your energy for yourself. And part of this is from the simple fact that you know we only have a limited amount of energy really useful uh you could call it creative energy or really useful mental energy during the day and if you are expending all of that prior to utilizing any of it for whatever you're trying to accomplish whether that it's that big change or career change or anything else that you is important to you that you want to do that is a focus of your life right now, then that's going to be a bad thing. So one really, really simple step to be able to counteract that is just like you were saying uh, earlier in terms of scheduling, but going a step further and scheduling time for yourself to focus in that area before your energy gets depleted and almost putting yourself first. And that's one, one really easy way to be able to save that energy for yourself. What else would you add to that here? Definitely part of that scheduling part is figuring out your prime time and the prime time that you know you work the best. For me, it's in the morning and I protect that time in the morning so I accomplish all my biggest tasks or things that I know that at the end of the day, when my head hits that pillow, that I've at least accomplished those kinds of things. And just by doing that, that brings so much momentum and, oh man, I got that thing done. I got this thing done. And it brings momentum in doing other things throughout the day. So those biggest tasks I've got through the, through the beginning of the day and the things that my morning routine that... I don't know about you, Scott. I've worked on for lots and lots and lots of years and really finessed and try to make sure it really has worked out for me for the best. Doing those two things really has saved me energy for myself and doing those things. That's awesome. I absolutely love that. We actually, a while back, uh, we had Dan Pink come on and he had at the time written a book called When, which was 
all about the science of when you can do things more effectively. And this ties in really, really well. So this was episode 229. If you're interested, you can go back into the archives, take a listen. And it was a great episode because he took us through, depending on what your chronotype is, which just means what time periods work better for you for all intents and purposes, then when are going to be your most effective areas during the day. But I think it's really important to understand what those are for you so that you can use them just like you're talking about here, Philip. Something that you mentioned here or alluded to is, you know, when your head hits the pillow at the end of the day and everything, you know that you've gotten those most important things done. And what I've learned and maybe this is not true for everybody, but I think it's been a really important strategy for myself, is building up momentum through the beginning portion of the day has a tendency to make the rest of the day more productive in whatever I'm doing. So if it is you know, identifying companies that are a great fit for me to to interact with and in order to make my career change, or whether it is, you know, connecting with some old friends in order to, you know, find out what they're up to these days, or whether, you know, more recently, you know, as we built this business, that was something that was really important for me too, is um, having that momentum early on in the day where I was excited about some of the things I was doing actually made me more effective uh, as I was then going into my, my day job, which I was transitioning from, it made me more effective. And that's something I think most people don't think about too. So stacking the deck in your favor in this way by saving your energy for yourself and, and putting it in the most important areas. By the way, one other way that people don't think about this too is the power of delegating to others. <laughs> this is a small subcomponent here. However, I think it can be really, really powerful. A lot of us have people around us in our current work, current job that are willing to help in one area or another. And also a lot of people that listen to this, if you're listening right now, you probably fall into the category of a high performer somewhere in your life, I suspect. And one tendency of high performers is to try to do it on our own, which isn't always useful, isn't always effective. And often we have people around us that are more than willing to help take some of the load off in one way or another. And simply by asking, it becomes another way that we can begin to save energy for ourselves. That is a great idea, Scott. Speaking from personal experience there, it's definitely delegating to others and being able to ask in a way and being okay with asking for help from others. And you'll find and this is something that me and Scott often talk about is that people are often willing to help more than you think. Yeah. I'm continuously impressed every single day about that exact fact. How many people are out there that are just incredibly willing to be helpful? So that, that wraps up the saving energy for yourself portion. And number two, number two is figure out your food. Okay. So this is not a nutrition podcast. But I still think it's very, very useful to address this fact uh, because understanding of how food interacts with our bodies has come a really, really long way, particularly in the last 30 years. And, you know, a small example of this, <laughs> when I was growing up, I used to read the back of the cereal boxes of, you know, my Cheerios while I'm eating them and look at the food pyramid. And then later on in the day, I would have my mom tell me to load up on carbs before going out to, you know, play a football game or something else with my team. And then, you know, that's what it was like quite a few years ago. And that's what we knew. You got to get your carbohydrates and everything like that. Now we have so much more research and knowledge for how food and really anything that we put into our bodies interacts with us and provides us ongoing energy, not necessarily just immediate energy. And the more that we can play the long game there, the more it becomes useful to us when we're doing something that's really, really hard or new or making a career change or whatever it else it is that you want to accomplish right here and now. And like I said, the intent of this particular podcast is not to go really, really deep into the science, but in general, it's pretty safe to say that anything that is processed significantly is not likely to be pretty helpful to you. 
Uh, so the more that you can remove those things from your diet, the better. And when you're trying to make every last bit of energy count, the more that you can include those things that are going to be really helpful, like proteins, like helpful fats, and those other types of foods that are going to be very, very useful to you. But even more importantly than that, I think it's figuring out how you're going to make this possible for you. And great or terrible example, whichever way you want to look at this, the last time I was making a transition, I just really was burning the candle on both ends and needed to make sure that I was milking out every single little bit of energy. Didn't have a lot of time to be able to eat lunches or anything else, but knew that it was important to make sure that I was keeping up food intake and the food that I was putting into my body was going to be useful to me. Not necessarily perfect, but useful. So I was struggling to figure out how to fit more in and ended up coming up with, I need something that was really, really quick, but also I could just grab at any point, didn't take a lot of prep that was going to add a lot of, a lot of energy on a continuous basis. So uh, I ended up deciding that, okay, a can of black beans and a can of tuna fish and taking that for lunch every single day was going to be not necessarily just what the doctor ordered, but what what worked really well for me. So, you know, I tell you that story not because you have to go run out and, and you know buy tons of cans of tuna fish and black beans or anything else, but I tell you that story instead to help you understand that you've got to figure out how to make this work within your own life. And in my case, I needed something that I could just grab, took no energy at all, and was going to, I wasn't eating for pleasure at that point. I was eating because I wanted to accomplish what was more important at that point. So regardless of how you feel about tuna fish or anything else, um, you've got to figure out what works for you. Philip, uh, what, what have you found that works for you personally in the past around food and making sure that it is being useful to your energy. Just curious. I think two things have really helped me out a ton, which is one, exactly what you're saying, keeping it simple and, and having it work for me so well. I'll often do is I'll pre-plan my meals because I live really close to a lot of really good fast food places. Yeah. yeah. And it's super easy to go there. But if I pre-plan all my stuff and I know if I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday figured out that it makes that decisions and that, that motivations you're talking about and that energy from earlier, it makes that so much easier. And I think another, the other part I'd mention is water. I think people often forget that I, uh, about drinking water. Either I know the days where I have drank, and I'm sure me and Scott have talked about that so many times. There's days where I have drank so much coffee that I'm kind of like just jitter all day and then I and then I have a headache at the end of the, at the end of the day. So I keep a giant water container next to me at all times and I'm making sure I'm keep drinking water because I need to stay hydrated. And me staying hydrated means I have more energy. So if you have a resolution this year or a goal this year to drink more water, I'd say usually the biggest and easiest thing to do is keep one of those giant jugs near you and drink water. And I know people who put lemon in it or put lime in it or drink the carbonated water. But I'd say that's one of the biggest things too, of keeping yourself hydrated by drinking more water. I love both of those. And actually we do both those things. Uh, I say we, but I'm talking about uh, my family and I as well. So for lunches, as an example, and pre-planning, we will, we basically have like four different meals that we make for lunch and we just rotate them within a, within a given week. And so we make a bunch of that on Sunday for all intents and purposes. Doesn't take long when you're making a big batch of it. And then we have some containers that we got off Amazon. And by the way, we'll have everything linked up in the blog post that goes along with this. Uh, so you can go and pick out the ones that are really great for you. You can go over to happen to your career dot com slash two seventy or two seven zero and and that'll take you there. But we, you know, we got these containers on Amazon for less than $20, and we've been using these for a really long period of time. It work really well. They're dishwasher safe. And more importantly than that, we don't have to make any decisions, so we don't get into decision fatigue. But then on top of that, like we found things that we actually love that are very, very useful in terms of energy, too. And then water bottles, by the way. So this is – water bottles – have been a thing for me. Like, I know this is weird, 
but I, we've had like all of these crappy water bottles. We had them for many years and I didn't want to throw any of them away or whatever else. And I realized like some of them are breaking and not all of them are dishwasher safe. And it's just not easy. And I know that Philip, you and I have had many conversations about how do you simplify things. So ended up spending $20 or something, $22 on Amazon, ordered several really, really, like I think it was a three or four pack of really nice water bottles and they're always available. And we basically donated or got rid of all of the other water bottles. So now we have this cupboard where they're always available and I can just grab one out at any point in time. So I've got no excuse whatsoever not to have water. Unsurprisingly, now I drink water much more regularly. This next one, you know, now that we've been talking about what you put in your body and how much that that plays a difference here, really leads and paves the way right into this this next topic here. And this is something that I I've not heard talked about very frequently at all, or rarely, if ever, I think, in terms of your career, and. That is using performance enhancers or nootropics to be able to help you perform much, much better from an energy standpoint. So first of all, uh, what are performance enhancers or what are nootropics? You can really just think about nootropics as smart drugs that enhance your ability to perform cognitively. And there's a lot of things that fall into this category. Not all of them are helpful and not all of them are healthy and not all of them are useful, but the ones that are can make a massive difference, by the way. So coffee by the way, can fall into this as a performance-enhancing smart drug that everybody uses, not everybody, but many people throughout the world use on a regular basis. And uh, uh, there are many others that have a tendency to fall in, in here too. And I don't know that I've ever asked you this, Philip. Have you ever utilized nootropics? I don't, we haven't had this conversation before, I just realized. Yeah, no, I haven't used them too much. But when you say coffee, it also makes me think of tea. So when I'm having a really stressful day, sometimes I'll make myself a cup of tea and have that too. And and it really helps me have energy uh, throughout the day too and not having that like go, go, go kind of energy, but that relaxed energy where I just need to be relaxed and also productive and or needing to devote some more mental space to something too. So if coffee's part of it, I'd also consider some nice tea part of it as well. Yeah. And I think with caffeine is the, is the active ingredient there that can make a major difference. So caffeine can absolutely fall into that category. And there are many other things that can as well. What I would encourage you to think about as I've experimented with different types of nootropics are several different things. First of all, uh, there's a lot that are becoming available on the market. And often they're in pill or gel form. And as I've experimented with these, the quality of ingredients matters. Um, certainly the combination of ingredients, but it's just like food. If you put great stuff into your body, your body reacts differently. If you put high quality food into your body in one way or another, your body reacts differently and produces uh, energy or creates energy or stores energy uh, accordingly. And the same thing is true with anything else that you put in your body, including nootropics. So when you are looking at any type of smart drugs or any type of uh, biohacking drugs whatsoever, then you're going to want to consider the source and also the quality that goes along with that. One that I've utilized on an ongoing basis is from a company called Onnit. Uh, it's onnit.com and they have something called Alpha Brain. And essentially what it does is it helps me be able to perform mentally much more effectively and efficiently. So this is something that is 100% safe. It is very, very legal as we're not talking about the, the type of drugs that are outlawed or anything else along those lines. We're talking about ones that are uh, 100% naturally based as well as ones that allow you to perform differently cognitively, much the same way that when you drink a cup of coffee, you feel differently and can actually enhance your performance. Now, 
The other thing to, to know here too, is that just like anything else that you put in your body, you put too much in there and then that may not be helpful either. So um, I've tried a variety of these. The best one that I've found for me personally, which does not mean that it's the best one for you, is Alpha Brain from on it. Well, there are a variety of different resources. One resource that I found that's been really, really great that is uh, fairly, fairly unbiased is um, there's actually an article that we'll link up here too that breaks down some of the active ingredients and examples of those and places that you can get those for different types of nootropics. This, this was actually something I found over on um, bulletproof.com which is, I know you've heard of that, Philip. Philip's nodding his head and smiling really big. <laughs> Anyhow, we'll, we'll link that up as well. If that's something you're interested in, then you can double down in that particular area. But it's something that I wouldn't ignore. And it's also something that's been surprisingly underutilized uh, in areas of your career and can significantly help with your energy. Also something that... Uh, I've experimented with a lot personally in terms of understanding what works really well for my own personal energy. Um, this next one, though, this next category, getting getting better quality sleep, not just getting more sleep, not just getting sleep, but getting better quality sleep at the right times, in the right places, in the right right ways for you. Philip, has this been an area where it's impacted your energy in the past? I love this area so much. And this, out of everything that we've talked about, I feel like this number four thing of sleep is the most important one. And uh, and not dissing the performance enhancing nootropics, but I've heard sleep called the best performance enhancing drug of all time. Because we've yes. all experienced a night where you have not gotten good sleep and you're just sleepwalking through the day. But when you've got a great night's sleep, that kind of impacts a lot of things. And sleep is, I think, in our world today, a game changer. According, you know, this is super interesting how it impacts your body. And not just not just any type of sleep necessarily, but um there was one study in particular, and there's actually have been several other similar studies since. But one study in particular that really looked at um, what are what are the differences between somebody who is intoxicated versus somebody who is sleep deprived. In fact, on MythBusters, uh, for those people who are MythBusters fans, they went out and, and duplicated this in uh, one particular way too, where they were driving a vehicle and analyzing what are the differences between you know somebody who stayed up for 30 hours straight and somebody who has uh, is you know buzzed or intoxicated. Turns out if you are sleep deprived, in all these cases, whether Mythbusters or the other studies that are available out there, in all cases, uh, it was near, near similar, or the people that were sleep deprived were actually worse off in terms of their performance, no matter what they were doing, whether it's driving or whether it is you know day to day life or day to day work. So, really, really interesting how much sleep can impact your everything that you do, but certainly your energy as well. So there's a ton of things that you can do for, for sleep. And there's actually a lot of great resources out there too. And we'll tell you a couple of them here in a minute, but I want to break down just a few of the things that we found most valuable that you can implement right away. So one of those is, in fact, the far and the way, the, the best thing that I found is shutting off devices or not staring at uh, at your screens, which emit a, a blue light, um, which is completely different than, say, something like daylight, or excuse me, completely different than something like the light that is in your home. It emits at a different frequency, and it is essentially giving your your body signals that, hey, guess what? You should continue to stay up for all intents and purposes. And again, without going into the into the science here. It, shutting off your devices an hour before you're going to go to sleep or you know, not watching extensive TV beforehand, 
makes it so much easier to be able to not just go to sleep better, but have a better quality of overall sleep as well. Okay, so that's one thing. Philip, what have you found for yourself? Um, I found a couple things, which is going to bed earlier, but really having the same having the same bedtime each night. It's the same studies. Scott, I think we might have read the same studies, but they show that if you go to bed the same time every night, that consistency it really helps because if you if you notice you go to bed at two o'clock one night, then ten o'clock the next night, then one p.m. the next night, it's really hard to figure out a time to fall asleep. So that consistent that consistency of going to bed each night at that same time is extremely helpful and really is impactful for going to bed earlier. Really gets you that sweet spot of getting seven six to eight hours. I think is what it is now. But that six to eight hours is exactly what you're looking for. And that that amount is really, really interesting too, because there are there's actually a huge number of studies out there, some with seemingly conflicting data. And what uh, the thing that I take from looking at all of them and piecing together the different pieces is that it's it's not the same for everybody. What's true for me is not necessarily true for the next person. Um, however, what they do find that in general, the smaller amounts of sleep that you have, the more likely you are to have uh, less energy over time, or the more likely you are to have very negative effects like faster aging or you know lowered immune response system or any number of other particular side effects. So back to the sleep being the best performance enhancing drug, uh, when you it has side effects when you don't have it, uh, which is you know different than a lot of other drugs as a, as it turns out. But um, going to bed earlier has been the one game changing thing for me uh, again and again and again, like just going to bed earlier and um, not staying up. It has been one, the easiest way to get up the next day and make that time or make that space for myself and focus on the things that are really going to move me forward uh, early that next day a lot of the times. And regardless of whether you are an early riser or not, uh, nearly everybody's going to benefit from going to bed a short period of time earlier. Or just like you said, Philip, being able to make more of that time a routine or consistent um, by the way, one really great resource that I found on this is a book called Sleep Smarter. It's by a guy named Sean Stevenson and, and just has been super helpful for me, um, especially recently too, because he really does get, I'm a nerd like that and I love the science that goes into it. And he does get deep into some of the science pieces as well as to why each thing works and what is going to work for you and what is not going to work for the next person. So there's a great resource. We'll have that linked up in happentoyourcareer.com slash 270 as well. All right. What's our next category here, Philip? The next category, number five and rounding it out, cut it out. So Scott, what does that mean? Cut it out? Cut it out. Well, it turns out that uh, there's probably, just like we started out with, like there's probably things that are taking away from energy right now. And in almost 100% of cases, when we've worked with people who are making big changes in their life in one way or another, or want to do big things, then guess what? They have stuff that they're doing or involved with, or is sucking their energy right now that they don't need to have in their life, or they don't need to be doing, or they need to, or can temporarily for a short period of time, say no to. So identifying what you don't need to do is sometimes half the battle in order to saving much more of your energy for those things that are going to be more important to you. Now, this is a really controversial one I found too, because emotionally we feel like we have to do these things. Like I have to be the, you know, I have to be the person who cooks for my kids, or I have to be the person who provides in this way, or I have to be the person who writes the report at work, or I, you know, whatever it is. Uh, a lot of times we feel emotionally attached to that in one way or, or another. So this can be the hardest category as well. But to give you an example of this, one of the things that I experimented with the, the last time in my very, very last job, 
I, I started experimenting with like how long, how much time does it really actually take to be incredibly effective in my role and to not just, not just be effective, but uh, also to do a really knockout of the park job. If I stop focusing on the things that don't matter and uh, remove my involvement from the things that really just don't matter all that much or are low impact. Now, here's the funny thing I found about this is it took only someplace between 24 to 28 hours a week in order to do that which seems crazy to me because there were points at a time where I was working 70 hours a week in that job. And it's like, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. I can be doing a better job, have better results in only really t- technically 24 hours a week worth of, uh, worth of time. That blew my mind when I started experiencing that. So cutting things out can actually allow you to be even more impactful and the funny thing that goes along with it too is it can actually create a lot less stress too which then gets you better sleep and all the other things that we've talked about here too so uh philip i'm curious for yourself i've got a few more of these and a few more examples of where people can begin to cut things out of their out of their life um temporarily or permanently but what have you found in the last few years that uh, really wasn't all that valuable or was taking away energy. And when you cut it out was kind of a game changer for you. I don't know about you, but I remember this happened to me a couple of years ago where <laughs> I was like into five or six different TV shows. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm into walking dead. I don't know if you get any walking dead fans here or like Grey's anatomy or like all these different shows. I felt like I had to keep up watching all of them and i i one time i just sat i'm like like philip why do we have to keep watching all these shows let's let's cut 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 all these shows out they're not adding anything to your life in fact they're taking away from the life that you want to be doing and the goals that you want to be doing and if anything that's on netflix you can always keep up and see how many zombies they kill next week <laughs> but <laughs> really it was oh my gosh there's just so many of these shows i i feel like i have to keep up with and i and i never want and i think really the heart of this comes down to what are things that you feel like are obligations in your life that just really aren't obligations and really getting to the heart of the things that that need to do to keep up your energy okay so first i got to comment on the netflix thing because uh this is one that gets me like i uh, I actually, so here's a great example. I, I didn't watch game of Thrones for years. Be, did just, I know game of Thrones is, is, uh, just especially fans of game of Thrones. Like can't even imagine that. Like I put off watching it for many years because I knew that as soon as I started watching it, I wouldn't be able to not watch it anymore. Like I have that little willpower and know myself in that, in that way. So I, I didn't do it for a very, very, very long time. Um, and it, you know, I eventually did and did it during a period where like I could <laughs> go through it relatively quickly and, and watch, uh, watch it kind of in a marathon style, but, um, for Netflix, different series will get me. So, um, We've decided as a, as a family, like we we don't have cable, we don't have you know Dish Network, we don't have anything else. We do have Netflix, and we do keep it around. Maybe we won't in the future. Maybe we will. I don't know. We'll decide at that point in time. However, you know, right now we do, and I enjoy it immensely. I also can get lost in it. Just the other day, and I'm a I'm a Marvel nerd, Marvel Comics nerd, Marvel Comics movies nerd. Punisher came out like literally just a week ago or something. And so I'm like, oh, oh, like I have to do this. And like we were in the middle of a big enrollment period and everything like that too. So I'm like, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> I didn't tell you about this, Philip. But so here's here's what I had to do. This is the little hack that I I learned for myself when um, there's something that I badly want to do that I feel like in some ways I don't have control over that I can um, influence it. So I had to, um, and some of you are going to cringe when you, when you hear this, but I had to like, I watched the first couple episodes, realized, oh no, this is going to be a trap. I'm going to spend like four days here and not get any any work done, not get any of the things that are more important done. Oh crap, what do I do? Okay, so uh, when I find myself in that situation, I feel like I have no control over it. I go to the last episode and watch the last 15 minutes and spoiler alert. Yes. Spoiler alert. So, 
some people would consider that sacrilege. I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I also always ask myself the question, like I have to like stop myself and ask, okay, if I watch this at the end of my life, is this going to matter that much? Sometimes for some shows, the answer actually feels like yes. And then I go ahead and watch it. But for most things, the majority of the time, the answer is no. And in that case, that's my little hack because I don't have a desire to watch it anymore if I go and I kind of ruin it and spoil it for myself in some ways. So a uh, hard thing to do sometimes, but has been very, very effective for me on that note. Whatever it is, though, you know, I think you have to find those ways that work for you to be able to cut those things out. Something else that um, has been really, really effective for me is being able to hire help in my in my job. So I'm not talking about like running my running this business right now, but back in other jobs, I hired virtual assistants to be able to help me out. So some of the things that were involved in my job were like administrative work that was with non you know non um non what's the word like non uh secure information or anything like like it didn't matter who did it for all intents and purposes and i would take those types of tasks that really um kind of drained me in one way or another either energy or i just didn't want to do them or were you know taking my life and cut those out and the way that i would do that is by having somebody on staff um uh, or whatever you want to call it i had somebody that i worked with on a contract basis that could take those things off my hands even though i was employed by somebody else I had this conversation with uh, with my employer. They were very well aware of uh, what was going on and why I was doing it and what types of things uh, I was using um, using it for, using that that service or that that person for. And uh, there was definitely discretion involved. But that's a, another way that a lot of people don't think of that you can actually remove things off your plate. If your team is already overloaded and there are things that you just either don't like doing or are sucking your energy and it feels like they must be done, well, guess what? That doesn't mean that there's not a solution and you just have to buckle down and do it anyways. Sometimes, in fact, almost all the time, there's another way around it. What, what else are we missing here in order to cut stuff out of your life that really isn't adding value, adding energy, or is taking away from your energy here. What do you think, Phil? I, I think the last thing to remember, um, or even one of the things to remember, I had this posted um, around me and like on my wall and even near, <laughs> I, I literally printed something off and put it, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Scott, I printed it off and I put it um, by my mirror, but it was the reminder of, and I remember somebody said this in my office, simplify to amplify. Mm. If you're wanting to make a big career change in your life, even not even big career change, if you're wanting to make a change in your life and um, wanting to do something like that, having all these different distractions and all these different things to do, it's just going to take away from the time and the energy that you're looking to do that. And really um, keeping it simple and simplifying to then amplify the types of things and the important things that you want to do in your life is really where I think the value is. That's awesome. Absolutely love that. And the thing that I've, I've found here, you know, you're talking about anytime you want to make a change, small change, big change, whatever, is I found that a lot of times making a change is the catalyst for wanting to do things differently. However, the cool thing that I've found is every single time that I've made a change in my life, whatever it is, it, I have been able to then develop those new ways to do, do things, especially as it relates to energy, and then carry that with me long after I've made the change. So <laughs> still to this day, you know, uh, having a it's a different person, but you know, an assistant that I work with and she helps remove a lot of the things that take away from energy. And guess what? Even better. She's great at, she's better at the things that, uh, <laughs> that uh, I'm not very good at or don't enjoy. And a lot of those things she really enjoys as well. Um, or, you know, being able to, a lot of the, 
the food habits that developed over the over the years for the purpose of making changes now have improved and refined and still utilize those same behaviors to this day. So the thing I think that it becomes really relevant and really important here is that what is working perfectly for me may not necessarily work perfectly for you. And we've just gone through a lot of different ideas and strategies here. Choose the one to two that you can integrate immediately. Even if they're even if they're not perfect, if it's something that you're excited about that you're going to do, that you're going to integrate, um, an imperfect solution that uh, that is going to be good enough and you're going to be able to actually use is going to be better than the perfect one that you you don't use at all. And um, I've, I've heard a lot of different people say that over the years, and I, I keep finding out how true that is. So you've got to find what works for you. And um, I'm super curious, Philip, what would you say are the one or two biggest things that really are working for you right now before we close mm-hmm. this out here mm-hmm. and wrap this up? I'd say the two things that are working for me the best right now. Uh, is the first, it's that morning and nightly routine. So that morning routine is that practice I do every single morning where I make my coffee, I sit down and just either I'll read or I'll have just time to myself and um, I really protect that time so then the rest of my day goes well. And also my nightly routine where I get to bed at that same time every night and have everything set up and I get enough sleep. And the second thing is a concept like we're talking about of scheduling your save, scheduling your time and saving your energy is a concept called time blocking. Mm. So I will look at my entire day and my morning routine and I'll block out my time and going, okay, what, where do I need the most energy kinds of today? And where do I need to show up as fill up the most and be the most productive? So protecting my morning and nightly routines, but also taking that big picture of the day and time blocking my my time by hour or 30 minutes every single day to really schedule it out and, and be the best person that day. That's cool. I love that. I I think to build on that, the, um, I was trying to think as, as you're talking to, what are the biggest things? Cause this is very much a focus for me right now. You and I have had this conversation before, but, um, delving into a lot of different areas right this second. In fact, we'll link some of those up in this blog post, happentoyourcareer.com slash 270 as well. But two of the things that are working really well for me right now is paint. This is going to sound overly simple, but paying attention to where my energy is going and how what I'm doing is causing um, causing my energy, to, how whatever I'm doing at the, at the moment, all the things I'm doing is causing my energy to get replenished or not. And the way that I've done that is several different things. Um, the biggest of which is uh, journaling every single morning. And some of you have might have heard on a different episode or a couple episodes where you know I spent about six months uh, as I was delving into research on happiness, like literally journaling every single morning and rating what was impacting my happiness every single day in order to notice what was the big drivers for me that really factored into me feeling more happy more often. So taking that same concept, same strategy uh, with energy and productivity and optimizing it. And every single morning I'm going through and I am identifying, you know, how did I sleep last night? How much deep sleep did I get? What were some of the causes from the day before or week before that impacted that you know, like what types of food was coming into my body, et cetera. Uh, you know, how much did it work out? All of those types of things. And the, for me, it's been really, really helpful because it's caused me to realize what are some of the biggest levers that impact my, uh, my energy. For example, one thing that I've learned since that I've been doing this, that I never, ever would have known had I not been tracking it and understanding what are these uh, pieces is that Um, when I, when I am moving, this is going to sound so simplistic, it's ridiculous, but it's a major factor for me. When I'm moving continuously throughout the day and I have several hard workouts throughout the week and I'm doing this on a continuous basis, then I actually get more deep sleep, um, which is regenerative sleep, 
and what actually causes your, your body to restore and heal itself, which then adds further energy to yourself. Um, I get more of that when I'm doing those things together for uh, multiple days at a time up to a week at a time. But when I do any one of them alone in an individual day, it doesn't actually impact my, it doesn't actually impact my energy that much. If I go and do, you know, do workout, don't really do much else for, uh, for the rest of the the time period, then it doesn't really impact my energy. But when I'm doing those things in combination with one another, it has a pretty profound impact as to how much deep sleep I get. So, um, you've got to find what's right for you and wherever you want to start, uh, you know, pick out, pick out just one, just two of these things that you can implement right now. And by the way, let us know what is working for you. Email us hello at happened to your career.com. Drop us an email and let us know what, uh, what you enjoyed about this episode or what you're integrating into your life right now. We'd love to know. And we appreciate the feedback. Philip, thank you so much for coming on this episode. And I think this is, this is time number four that you've been on the happened to your career podcast. I really appreciate the great work that you're doing with our, our programs and our students. And thank you so much for your insights here. Thank you. Hey, there you have it. So now you know some of my secrets and hopefully you're formulating your own plan for dramatically increasing your energy levels. Now, whether you've been listening to Happen to Your Career for a while or this is your first episode, I want to encourage you that career happiness is possible. It is available to you and we're here to help you attain it, even in areas that don't normally get associated with careers. I appreciate you listening. And behind the scenes announcement, by the way, we just released a brand new podcast. It's called The Audio Guide to Getting Hired for Your Strengths. It's now available on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place else that you listen to podcasts. Wherever you're listening to this right now, it's probably available there. And you can you can search for it pretty easily. Just search Hired for Strengths, plural. Or search happen to your career and it should pop right up. And by the way, if you're ready to create and live a life that truly is unapologetically you, then you can also get the, the guide that complements this podcast and this brand new podcast. And it's called the ultimate guide to using your strengths to get hired. Just text my strengths, that's M-Y strengths, plural, to 44222. Or you can visit HiredForStrengths.com to get it. Either way, I want you to find not only not only understand, but find your signature strengths to do what you love, do what you're great at, bring value to the people that you work with and uh, interact with every single day. So head on over to either of those. We'll send it over to you and subscribe to this podcast, which is structured as a mini audio guide. And I hope you absolutely love it. Oh, by the way, we also have so much more coming up for you next week right here on Happen to Your Career because we dive deep into if you have reading as a goal in the new year, how to actually read 24 plus books this next year. So I have started to do audiobooks a little bit more so that when I have a long drive or when I'm at the gym or whatever it is, I have the ability, instead of me watching reruns on Netflix or whatever, which is also easy for me to do, I've been listening to books much more so. Hey, that's just a sample of what's coming next week. Make sure to subscribe on your podcast player so you get this and every other episode right away. Maybe even in your sleep, it'll download. Until then, I am out. Adios.